Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. The title that I've given this morning's message is, Why Me, Lord? Acts chapter 12, at the very first verse. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, and delivered him to four quaterians, that's four squads, of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. His chains fell off from his hands. The angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. So he did. He saith unto him, Cast thy garments about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not, that is, knew not, that it was true which was done by the angels, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, and they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. When Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. When he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda, and when she saw Peter, and when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the, with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what was become of Peter. When Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded they should be put to death. He went from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. We'll conclude our reading at that point. With the exception of verse 24, if you will notice that before 
you close your Bibles, I hope you hold them open. Verse 24 says, the word of God grew and multiplied. Our Father, pray, we pray to thee this morning that thou would speak to our hearts now from the word. May we understand the truth and the reality of what you have for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to begin by asking you a question. And if you will, I would like for you to respond by lifting your hands. You will not need to explain any reasons as to why you are lifting your hand. But if you have something that you can share, as I lift mine, I'm going to respond positively to the question. I would like for you to do so as well. And the question that I want to ask you is, how many of you this morning are faced with a serious, serious problem? Would you raise your hand? Several hands are up. We might ask, why me, Lord? Why do I have this problem? What have I done to deserve this? Is often asked. I can remember responding that way when my kids were ornery and I was about to pull my hair out and I would say, Lord, what have I done to deserve all of this? We raise our kids right. We try to live a good life and things don't seem to go right. I talked to a lady some time ago who asked this very question of me. What have I done wrong in raising my kids? And she described that one of her boys was on drugs. One was up before the judge to be sent away to Salem to the reform school. One was living with a girl who was now pregnant and one girl had a child that she didn't have the slightest idea how to raise and the child was blind because of malnutrition and various other health problems. She and I tried to raise my kids right and Everything has gone wrong. Your hand may not have been raised, as mine was not raised, with regard to problems with kids, but there was some problem that you were facing. Sometimes we think that God is being hard on us. The Old Testament teaches that God rewards those who are good and punishes those who are bad. Are we therefore evil and therefore God is punishing us by forcing us to go through the problems that we're now facing? This is what Job's friends said to him. In that he had lost everything that he owned and his children were all killed in accidents. And he sat in a heap of ashes covered with boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. 
And they came and sat down with him and said, Job, you've done something wrong. God is punishing you with all of these problems that you now have. Peter might very well have responded similarly in that he was trying to do right. He had been a difficult man to convert, but once he was converted, he had put his heart and soul into serving the Lord the best he could, though at times he failed. He did some terrible things, such as denying the Lord, even cursing his name. But he repented of those things, and he was trying to preach and teach the love of God and the salvation that was necessary through Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in prison. Four groups of soldiers were given charge over him. And when he slept at night, he had one chain to one side and one to another, and guards posted outside a locked gate. And it could very easily have gone through his mind, Lord, why all of this? I'm trying to be faithful. Now you have placed me in jail and caused me the misery and the uncomfortableness and the embarrassment of being here in jail, and I very likely am going to be executed. They've already killed James. Now they've come and taken me and placed me in prison and all he's waiting for is for Easter to be over so that there won't be so many faithful Christian people in town and he's going to take me out and kill me too. Why me, Lord? You ever wonder? Why you? Sometimes we believe that we deserve blessings from God. That he ought to make our life simple and easy. After all, we accepted him as our Savior. We try the best we can to follow him. We go to church. We give our money. It was evidence. The offering plates are fairly full. Not nearly as full as they ought to be, but pretty good. We are in attendance. We pray. Why is it not possible, Lord, that I can have an easy life? This is one of the shocking realities that new Christian people face because somehow there is... Uh, seemingly a built-in assumption that once, become a, once one becomes a Christian, everything's going to be smooth. And then reality sets in and we realize that we're not on a smooth road. Every time we turn around, we have burdens and problems, heartaches. Our kids don't do what we want them to do. Things don't go right at work. Husbands and wives, even though they're Christians, still have their differences. We have all the problems 
that seemingly we used to have. Somehow we think good ought to come to us because we deserve it. But bad comes. Difficulties come. Problems come. And we begin to ask why. Romans 8.28 is a very, very important verse for those of us who might be asking those questions. And that verse says, All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I have difficulty believing that. I'm being honest with you. I would suspect that you, if you were honest with me, would say that I have difficulty believing that too. Can the problems that we face be interpreted as bringing something good? We've all faced them. When Lynn died, I asked myself that question over and over and over again. And I still do. What possible good can come out of her dying at 32? Leaving behind two boys and a husband. But I've begun to see already. I saw it immediately on the day of her funeral and have seen it many times since. Things that have come out of that experience that have brought me to the very throne of grace in praise of Jesus Christ. Why should I ask that question of God, why me, Lord, when God could have asked the same question, why are you asking me to give my son to die for you when I don't need to do that? Yet God loved us enough to allow the greatest tragedy that could ever be imagined to happen when the Almighty God gave His eternally loving Son and willingly as a gift on a cross. He had a problem and Jesus went to the garden and prayed with tears running down His face and said, Lord, if there's some other way, don't make me go through this tragedy. God said there's no other way. You've got to do it. Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. And we can cry, God, don't put this tragedy on me. Don't let me bear this burden. Take it away. God said there's something good going to come out of it. You may not see it readily nor easily, but it's there. Good's going to come. If I were to ask you who have children here this morning, 
what it is that you desire more than anything else for your children? We'd have a variety of answers. But let me see if I can probably answer summarily. Because I have heard this question asked and heard the answers many times. What do you want for your kids? And the parent will answer, I want him to grow up and have a good education. That's the first thing I hear. Get a good education. That's what my grandfather instilled in me from the first day he started talking to me was get a good education. That's what my uncle said to me, get a good education. That's what my father instilled in me was get a good education. And that's important. But I think we have missed the point if we put that first. Although a good education is very, very important. But I think we ought to answer when asked that question, what I want is for my child to grow up to love the Lord Jesus Christ and serve Him and then get a good education. That's the order. But suppose they don't turn out the way we want them to turn out. A man was talking with me lamenting his burden. He said, I have two daughters and they neither one finished school. He lamented that. He said, one of them got married before she got out of high school and now she's divorced trying to raise two little kids by herself. He said, my younger daughter quit school, she's not married, and she's pregnant. And then he said, I don't understand this. He said, I've been a deacon in the church. I'm a Sunday school teacher. He said, I tithe regularly to the church. And he said, and then this is what he said. He said, why is God doing this to me? Meaning, God, I have been good as I know how to be, and I'm carrying the burden of my children who have disappointed me in the way they have lived. And I came back to him with this question. I said, who says God's doing it to you? What makes you think the burdens you're carrying God has placed upon you? I cannot say if this man caused the problems that his girls faced he may have by being less of a father than he ought to have been but I'm not going to pass judgment upon him I don't know if he failed or when he failed I do know that all people have a responsibility for their own life to God and parents can't carry them forever and they must answer to God for themselves the scripture teaches that. But maybe there were some things that he could have done or not done. But I do know that the scripture teaches there in Romans that I quoted you that God can take the bad things of life and make something beautiful out of them. 
He took, for example, the sin of David and Bathsheba and brought into the world the mighty man, the wisest man that has ever come into this world. Great King Solomon. God can take our failures, our weaknesses, our sins, and by our putting our lives in His hands, can take those things and make something good out of it. All things do work together for good to those who love God. Whether they are wrong or right, God can take them and mold them and make something good. Let me give you a formula. Good plus bad in God's hands equals good. He can take the good of our life and the bad of our life and in His hands can, can be molded and rearranged and changed and come forth with something beautiful and good. I think many of the good things that you and I have enjoyed in our lives have come out of something that we thought was bad. But God took that thing we thought was so undesirable and made it good. Some of you thought the church was worthless, had no value in this community. You had no desire to know anything about Jesus Christ. Some imaginative figure that the church seems to hang on to and preach about. God took His Holy Spirit, took those bad ideas and those bad thoughts of yours, and He turned them around and molded them. Then there was the day that you yielded your life. Something that was bad became so beautiful and good in the hands of God. And we see you here. Why me, Lord? We have to go back and say, why not me, Lord? Except the fact that we're going to suffer we're going to have difficulties. We're going to have death. We're going to have tragedies. We're going to have disappointments in our lives. On every side. But not a one of those should cause us to despair. Because if we will commit ourselves and our problems to His hands, He'll turn those things around and give us a blessing from them. Because all things do work together for good. You see, Peter was in prison. And he said, Lord, I can't serve you here. You're going to have to get me out on the streets to do that, but I'm going to die tomorrow or the next day. Why me, Lord? Why are you cutting my ministry so short? Peter didn't have the slightest idea that down the street was a whole church full of people praying who didn't even believe their own prayers. 
They prayed that Peter would be released. Who would have done that? And then a little girl named Rhoda said, Hey, Peter's standing at the door. And they said, Ah, you're, you're crazy. God had taken the unfortunate situation of Peter in prison. Combine that with the prayers of people who believed in Jesus Christ too strong they could ask God to take him out of prison. And an angel came down and took off the shackles and opened the door and led him out to the street and disappeared. And there Peter stood nowhere. And he made his way to the house where they were praying. And the scripture says in that 24th verse that I read, the word of God, the word of God grew and multiplied. Why did it? Because God is capable of taking the, un of taking the unfortunate episodes in our lives and turning them around and making them something good. Let's don't say, "Why me, Lord?" Let's just simply say, "Lord, take my situation, my unfortunate condition, my problem." I'll put it in your hands. And when I get it back, it'll be something good. Will you do it? Let's pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.